Hey y'all, what's good? Welcome to episode 3 of Sound and Strain with Ryan Cano, and I am your host, Ryan Cano, also known as the founder and CEO of The Loyalty Firm, also known as Dr. MBA, also known as The House Cat. If you are new to this podcast, we cover a lot of territory here. This is a variety podcast in many ways. We'll talk about the music and entertainment industries. We'll discuss entrepreneurship. We'll chat about pop culture, movies, albums, TV shows I am taking in. We'll shoot the shit about marijuana, the business, the recreation, and the health benefits of it. And we do this every single week, y'all. Some of y'all have emailed me about a schedule for the pod, and at this time, I am aiming to release these either on Wednesday or Thursdays. As I was mentioning last week, I am recording these episodes myself, applying edits, mixing, and producing them ready for broadcast. I know there's only two episodes before this one you're listening to now, but these shows take me quite a while to edit down, and since I am new to you know the Pro Tools system I'm using, um, which I'm using Reaper, it's all new to me, so... It takes me a little bit of time. My long-range goal on this is to get to the point where I can make two episodes a week and maybe something like three episodes every two weeks. Uh, I'm not sure if my life is that interesting, so that might be a stretch, but, you know, goals are good and I fucking have them for the podcast. Um, Anyhow, uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in across the world. It has been super exciting to see listeners from not only America, but France, New Zealand, and Germany so far that are streaming, and that is super rad. If you all want to contribute to the show by asking a question to the pod by sending me an email or hit me up on socials, uh, like on Twitter, which we can be found at, at Sound and Strain. So just send a question and I'll answer as best as I can. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc. at Sound and Strain. We also have a website at soundandstrain.com and you can send a message that way as well. I got an email this past week from Manny Morales, who many Austinites know as the founder of Austin Vita. He let me know that they had successfully sold Austin Vita to new partners who will be taking the media company into the future. Manny, congrats on the business sale, man. Getting a business prepped and able to be sold and handed off to new owners is quite an achievement, and especially for a media company in this landscape that we are in. For those who did not know, Austin Vita was a crucial aspect to Latin Spanish music coverage in Austin. Manny and his son Ian, who uh, Ian ran, owned and ran Red River uh, Review, Manny has incredible taste in music and has long been a big champion for musicians and behind the scenes. Um, I'll give you a sneak peek into that. When I was the music director and talent buyer for the Pecan Street Festival here in Austin, I would ask Manny who was on his musical radar. When I first started booking the fest, I was a bit overwhelmed with trying to find the right balance musically for the festival. And, you know, that festival's job is basically to cater to all the people in Austin. So I was well versed in the areas that I built my resume on uh, with club shows, predominantly uh, hanging out with variations of indie rock. EDM, DJ music, and you know some hip hop. But I mostly was putting to, putting on indie rock and experimental rock shows, and you know those typically building shows around the artists I was managing at any given time. So you know when I took on the festival, I had yet to book you know what I would consider to be 
big festival-worthy Latin Spanish acts in the way that Manny had in Austin. You know, in many ways, I think there were years that Manny and Austin Vita were the main promoters of Spanish music in Austin. You know, Manny would happily send a list of 10 acts or so to check out, you know, for the, you know, when I was booking the festival and many times our, you know, our rapport was so good that he would just send along a list before I even had a chance to ask. So he was just eager to get music, you know, onto the festival and I loved it. Somewhere around year two um, of my five-year term at the Pecan Street Festival, in that second year, I had a pretty big confidence in booking pretty much every single scene that the city had to offer and and I felt pretty good at the balance I could fit onto the festival itself. You know, I felt like, you know, I could assess where my talent was and where I wasn't um, in terms of like assessing musical skills out in the marketplace. I felt like my talent assessing skills were on par when my list of must book acts for the festival would match Manny's. Um, I always felt a sense of pride being able to say like, yeah, this group's already booked. Anyhow, music scenes are run by these connectors in the scene just like Manny. He had you know, a Spanish music website for Austin, he promoted concerts at venues across town, and he would push music onto other bookers in town. Uh, Manny's the kind of advocate and fan of music that every music scene needs. Uh, thanks for writing me, uh, Manny, and thank you for subscribing to the show. Time to give an update to a topic we went over last week. To recap the last episode a little bit for you all, I gave some very tough love to the city of Austin over their absence in helping save our stages. I mean, they really haven't done dick up to this point. So this past Monday, there was a rally at City Hall from musicians, fans, and venue owners and concerned citizens asking the city to save the music venues in this town that haven't been open since early March and are still required to pay full rent. This past Tuesday, the city proposed a $15 million aid package for clubs, bars, and child care businesses. How that split up, I'm not really sure, but City Hall um, also pleaded with Governor Greg Abbott's office to release uh, $5 billion plus in federal relief funds that expire at the end of the year, which, what the fuck is the governor waiting for on that? I mean, it's three months away from expiration, homie. Like, release those funds, Abbott. That is $5 billion. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Release it. Haven't enough businesses perished? It's time to save the current survivors before they perish, too. I mean, it is projected that 90% of our venues are going to close by October. Holy fuck. That's this month. You know, I personally don't think it'll be that bad, but I know it's going to be really, really fucking bad. Anyhow, Austin City Council member Leslie Poole said in the meeting that We seem to be talking around the problem. It's a lot of big words. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Fancy fucking talk from politicians. What the city has done just now is what should have been done almost as soon as they announced South by Southwest cancellation. I mean, I get the aspect of not putting good money after bad, so to speak, but a smart plan would reel in landowners underneath these clubs to be part of the process. As of now, landlords are just demanding full rent while zero business is coming into the clubs. This won't last long. If we just give money to the problem, it kind of seems like only landlords are going to make out financially at the end. Some aspect of the city buying club properties and then doing operations contracts with operators would make sense for the long term. Um, But for the short term, we really need to help the operators that are in action right now. And additionally, I want to add my voice to the call downtown that is not only asking for financial help, 
but to do so in a manner that will assist African-American and black communities, as well as the Mexican, Hispanic, and Latinx, indigenous, and Asian communities. These music scenes have long been ignored uh, in terms of having equity in Austin music scenes uh, voice, and we really need to amplify those voices that have been drowned out previously. And we need to give extra opportunities in those areas that we weren't giving them before. Austin has this weird power structure that is still worshipping only guitars and blocking the advancement of really just a lot of new kinds of sounds. So this was true when I moved here in 1999 and is still true now, even maybe if it's slightly to a lesser degree, it's still there. Coming from Houston, which was, you know, a huge, rich rap scene, you know, I found it weird that, you know, there were barely any venues giving predominantly black music a full-time home in the city. The same was true for Spanish music as my buddy Manny was hopping around venues and hosting wherever he could. Anyhow, the city made another move on the chessboard, which hopefully makes us a lot closer to action than these clubs are to bankruptcy. I want the pace to pick up before, you know, everyone in City Hall starts taking their winter break. So we need, we need to move fast. Austin needs to invest in its music industry. It's an industry that earns the city its claim to fame, and ain't no time like the present. Alright y'all. Let's grab a strain to roll, and let's take a quick smoke break.
You just heard Auckland, New Zealand band Swallow the Rat with their song New Cross from their debut LP, Leaving Room, which is out now on record label Shifting Sounds. All music on this podcast is used with permission. Swallow the Rat's Leaving Room can be found on Bandcamp and streaming on your favorite platforms. If the band still has vinyl LPs in stock still, you guys should go buy one. The vinyl I have from them is a very beautiful transparent blue, and it's just gorgeous to look at while it spins on your deck. Now, I wanted to make sure in this episode that I was giving some free game to all you musicians, bands, artists, and creatives out there. This one is going to help some of you all stuck in analysis paralysis. And what I mean by that is, you know, when your process is just, you're just overanalyzing or overthinking a situation and that causes your forward motion or decision making to stop, aka become paralyzed, that means no solution or course of action is decided upon. You ended up doing jack shit. You're just exhausting your brain and you end up with zero creative output to show for it. The most common question I've received here at this podcast and, you know, also in my role at the loyalty firm is, you know, what do I do next? What do I do now? I want to add really quickly that it is okay to sit by and do nothing and not beat yourself up about it uh, and not beat yourself up about being, you know, maximum productivity while we all endure a pandemic. What we are living through right now has not happened in nearly 100 years. Nothing right now is normal and it is okay to be overwhelmed and not feeling very creative. It's okay to just chill and I want you to allow yourself to have that moment. Relaxing, sitting still are all natural actions in life to take and natural reactions um, to life shifting gears in a major way. So allow yourself the time to do what you need to. It is okay to do everything slower right now. Just like a house cat, you can just exist and be and do nothing. Rest is crucial to creativity, so get some rest and be kind to yourself. But, you know, for those of you guys that are feeling some juices and, you know, you're just wanting to make some moves and find yourself stuck a little bit, let's try to get you unstuck in time. (laughs) Unstuck in time. Let's go, Billy Pilgrims. I think there's a couple of paths that will make sense for you musicians out there. I think if you aren't finding yourself in a creative place and that nothing is kind of coming out, then I just want you to jam. And I mean that. Just practice with your band or practice by yourself at home. Just get to playing. Playing without purpose, you know, for pure fun or even, you know, playing with purpose. I mean, the idea is to get yourself moving with your instrument and think of it like exercising. When you're out of shape or out of habit from exercising, it takes a moment to get going at it again and to see a breakthrough. Start playing your guitar, start pounding on your drums and feel the blood flow through your veins. In these moments, I want you to take notice how you feel. I want you to feel all that electricity in your body. Notice your breath changing, your heartbeat elevating, how your body coordinates to the musical choreography at hand. Notice if you feel happy, excited, frustrated, satisfied, complete. Just take notice in yourself, how your body feels, how you feel mentally. Break down those big moments into small moments that can allow yourself to see and feel the way that things are. It's how to see those little things that make up our big lives. Check in with yourself and be a good friend to yourself. Now that you are jamming, let's go ahead and set yourself up a streaming channel at Twitch or someplace similar. 
See, at first you were just jamming and feeling the vibes, and now something you were just doing can be something productive towards connecting with your fans and your potential fans. Doing a live stream can be as highly produced or do-it-yourself as you want. And, and sidebar, if your music sounds good on the stream, that's way more important than the visual, uh, in my opinion. With your new streaming channel, you can put on a proper concert for your fans, or you can just do an open practice, live jam kind of stream. You're just not only getting yourself, you know, getting back to yourself musically, but if you want to, you have a space where you can share it. A good example of this is Austin artist Jackie Vinson decided early on to invest her time live streaming during the pandemic uh, with regularly uh, scheduled performances. And this past week, it came out that she is number nine on the Polestar live streaming list with over 1.5 million people tuned in to her streams. I mean, these that's huge, by the way, and congrats to Jackie for achieving that. Uh, these performances she's been doing are a mixture of everything I just mentioned. They're proper concerts, they're open practices, you know, solo and band performances. She mixes it up and lets you enter her musical world. And I've tuned in multiple times, and I find myself excited to watch her perform. And this is a great investment of time that is worthwhile to you because, you know, streaming in this platform is not going away. Um, having that scheduled streaming performance also has you engaging with better worth ethic towards your craft. So live streaming is, you know, an immediate area that I think you can find value during the pandemic. It gets you in the consistent habit of practicing and performing. Before I move on, a uh, quick shout out to Jackie and her manager, Louis Carr. Uh, they're good people doing good things in Austin and the music industry. And hope you're both doing well and hope you're enjoying this podcast. And if you, uh, to all my listeners out there, if you are listening on Thursday when this episode came out, uh, Jackie Vincent is performing live on the Austin City Limits. So check your local PBS for details on that. I believe that is streaming online, of course. If starting a streaming channel on Twitch or Facebook Live seems like too much right now, do not sweat it. What I want you to do is think about your own goals within music when you first started. Was it something along the lines of, I want to learn how to play piano, or I want to learn how to write a song? Basically, what I want you to do is get back to why you were doing this. Why you were doing this 101. Well, musicians play. That's 101. And I want you to play, but... You don't have to do live performances or concert streams. I just want you to sit in your room and play. I want you to play without structure or purpose. I just want you to, you know, play. And if you feel a song coming on that you can craft, then let's start writing. Just getting into the habit of playing and writing songs will get you to a place where you want to be when things, you know, open back up and go back to normal, um, whatever that means now. Uh, I don't want you to get stuck in analysis paralysis. I want you creating. So... Just get in the habit to play and use that time how the time asks to be used. If a song appears to start forming, spend some time crafting the song because when the pandemic ends, and it will end, right? But when the pandemic ends, you know, the artists armed with the most complete songs and demos will be in the best position to move forward uh, because writing and recording songs is 101 for working artists. The world needs great songs right now and tomorrow, and I'd love to see you all out there working on your musical expressions. So... Small goals, small moves and habits which can turn into bigger ones. Big goals and projects are always made of smaller steps. It reminds me of a Bill Gates quote where he said, most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. 
While the music industry is resetting and while it is stopped, uh, get the most out of your time by being the best musician you know how to be. I think in doing this, you're going to find some magic that you otherwise couldn't plan for, and I want you to find your magic. If this feels like common sense to you all out there, I want to remind you that common sense doesn't feel so common, uh, especially if you're stuck creatively. You know, if this feels like common sense to you, then I want you to feel good that you can ride your instincts in a way that I surmise to be your best move forward. This is a free game to get you unstuck in time and end your analysis paralysis. Basically, it's back to the basics. So get back to playing, get back to writing, start a live stream channel, and do anything that allows you to be playing your instrument consistently and worry about all the rest later. Okay, y'all, pick up a strain. Let's do a quick sesh break. Be right back. Every show, I'm going to ask you listeners what sounds you are spinning. What strains are you smoking? I want to know. Here's what I'm listening to, y'all. I am still on my RTJ4 vibe. That is Run the Jewels 4, their fourth album for the uninitiated. This album is beyond fucking good. It's just an instant classic. This hip-hop LP is so much different than almost anything else out there right now. Uh, Run the Jewels comes across more like a band than just two guys collaborating on a project. And what's great is that you rarely see them outside of Run the Jewels anymore. And the music they have is, it just has a punk vision and speaks more to you know, fucking up the 1% than it is about their ice and their drip. The vinyl version of the LP came in recently and it just reignited everything. So it is back on heavy rotation. Um, the lyrics are timely. They're important. The beats are fucking banging. And it's by far my favorite album of 2020. And I can't wait to see RTJ open up for Rage Against the Machine in stadiums next year. Um, if we get to see concerts in stadiums next year. The Strain, that's going to be Magic Melon. Magic Melon is a fruity, frosted bud with hints of purple and orange hairs. It is a mix of crossing mango trees, honeydew melon, and mango sherbet strains. That is a ton of flavor, y'all. Melon for days. So Magic Melon has cantaloupe and watermelon aromas. It is a sativa-dominant hybrid strain with about 60% sativa, 40% indica. THC levels around 22% with a 2% CBD count. This strain is great for healing some body pains while keeping your head about yourself to be productive. Just watch out for that 22% THC level because it'll get up under you. The Mega Melon Flavor Profile mixed with the THC CBD balance will get you feeling the magic. Magic Melon. It's magically delicious. Wait, don't use that. that that's trademarked. Magic Melon. Visit your nearest dispensary and find yourself the strain today. Now, 
Let's get into movie reviews real quick. A mini reminder that my movie and TV show review segments uh, is called It Could Have Been 15 Minutes Shorter. So basically the best review is a five-star review. That's a perfect film. A perfect film like The Big Lebowski. But, you know, that shit could have been 15 minutes shorter. So uh, four out of five stars, I'm probably cutting 20 to 25 minutes. Three stars, cutting 20 to 30 minutes plus. You know, two stars, it's definitely at least 30 minutes probably 40. one star man i am i'm cutting 45 minutes out that film and maybe more zero stars god i I am cutting over an hour of that film and that shit will still be terrible so that's that's the rating review system didn't watch a ton of movies this past week i did watch a movie on netflix called the take starring idris elba who was stringer bell on the wire and also stars richard madden who you all know as rob stark from game of thrones i believe this movie was titled bastille day in other countries but received a generic title the take in america for some reason the movie is about a rogue cia agent played by elba who forms an unlikely partnership with a pickpocket played by madden to stop a terrorist conspiracy in Paris. The most fun parts of this movie are Madden playing a bit of a Thorio, uh, scamming people out of various things. Sadly, most of that is in the beginning of the movie as we're setting the foundation for who the characters are. Elba's CIA agent is the stereotypical hard-boiled cop who goes rogue but, you know, has a conscience of sorts. It's the hard-ass American CIA agent cop persona guy. It's pretty cliche, and, you know, the movie is pretty cliched. You know where it's going to go and how it's going to end. Uh, The movie is probably in that two-star category area. Its runtime is 90 minutes, and I could chop 30 minutes off this bitch, and you wouldn't miss a thing. So, apparently, since we're all stuck in a pandemic streaming movies at home, this was currently in the top 10 streaming movies in America for a while on Netflix, even though it was a box office flop back in 2016. It's really wild how movies that had no life can find life anew when it gets to streaming. I mean, even TikTok right now is breaking old songs into hits again. So, this is a trend that's worth watching. I also watched The Good Show Season 4 on Netflix. Uh, Last weekend I had insomnia one of the nights and, you know, I ended up binge watching the whole season that night. Um, For a show that was on network TV, uh, it was on NBC I believe, it's incredibly smart, it's super funny, and full of heart. Uh, Kristen Bell stars in it, and I have a big crush on her. You're probably starting to figure out that my actress crushes are super funny women like her and Anna Kendrick and Allison Brie. Uh, anyhow, uh, Kristen Bell is funny as hell, and I'll pretty much watch anything that she is in. For The Good Place, the last season is very sentimental while still being the show that you've known all along. Four seasons somehow isn't enough, but it likely is just enough if that makes sense. Um, I mean, the show has ended, but I wanted more of it. So that's probably the right spot to end in some ways, just leaving you with that feeling. I loved how everything wrapped up, and it did make me sad that we were ending this world that they created up there. It was very fork and good, and I sure as fork hope you watch it if you haven't yet. Um, The Good Place is definitely in that super strong four-star territory for a TV show. It's pretty excellent. So I'm going to wrap up this episode by going into something a bit more serious. A little bit of health talk here. Back at the end of August, we learned that colon cancer took the life of actor Chadwick Boseman after a long private battle, you know, against the disease. And Chadwick, as you know, played the role of King Chala in Black Panther, and he was only 43 when he passed. And depending on how old you are right now, 
you know, that age of 43 really hits you. And, you know, being 40, I can admit it's, it hit me pretty hard. Uh, I can't claim to be a mega fan of his, but I always loved the work that I saw him in. And, you know, this fucked me up. We're pretty close in age. And I found myself really sad for several days. Although I don't think I've mentioned it on the show yet, but I have Crohn's disease, which is a very debilitating digestive disease that affects your whole body in many painful ways. I mentioned this because people with Crohn's disease are more prone to developing colon cancer than the average person. So it's it's always in the back of my mind. Uh, dying from colon cancer cancer, it's, it's a major fear of mine, just, you know, to be honest. So you learn that colon cancer is, you know, it's a terribly painful way to go. And colonoscopies are the only real way to catch, you know, an early diagnosis. So it's with that, I wanted to say, I scheduled a colonoscopy for this month. Now, I've personally have had many colonoscopies since my Crohn's disease diagnosis and, you know, subsequent issues afterwards. I'll probably spend an episode down the line talking about my Crohn's disease and other autoimmune illnesses, but for now, I wanted to just say this. If you have been feeling like you need to get something checked out digestively and you've been waiting on it due to either embarrassment or due to financial constraints, I'm just recommending you go see a gastroenterologist and get a colonoscopy done now somehow. Uh, Just find a way. National recommendations for colonoscopies advise men and women to start getting them at the age of 50. Or if you have a family history of colorectal cancers, you know, if you do, they're telling you to get that 10 years younger than the age that your relative was first diagnosed. You know, my first colonoscopy was done at 32. I am 40 now. I can promise you that you are strong enough to handle it. You can do this. I want you to schedule one today if you're worried about anything down there at all. Early detection may be the difference in saving your life, and your life is more important than money or the feeling of embarrassment. You can do this, and I want you to. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. I love you all. It really means a lot to me that you're listening for real. Thank you. I'm excited to be doing this, so it's just a pleasure to share this creation with you all. If you haven't, please follow or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platforms. Sound and Strain with Ryan Cano is distributed everywhere now, so find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, TuneIn plus Alexa, Podbean, and more. Pretty much anywhere that streaming is done, you can find our podcasts. This week, we are ending the show with another awesome track from Velcro Wolf, who is releasing a new album titled Destroyer of Batteries in early October. Please find Velcro Wolf online and download or stream his music. He is one of the best pop tunesmiths in America and just an all-around great human being. This track we're about to jam is called Fucking Summer. See you all next week, everyone. Peace.